Hello, I'm Mike McGrail and this is episode two of the Drinks Noise podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm interviewing Chris Maffeo, an on-trade marketing specialist who delivers excellent advice in a straight-up, no-nonsense way. So without further ado, here is the chat. So on the line, I have Chris Maffeo. He is um, an expert in the world of on-trade marketing, and uh, he's joining us today from Prague in the Czech Republic. Chris, how are you? Hi. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. All good. All good here. Thanks. No, no, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, so before we dig deep into the world of on-trade marketing, um, please do give the listeners uh, a little history of yourself and how you're now in the position to be able to give the excellent advice you do in this world. Fantastic. So uh, so just a, a short um, short introduction. So I, I've been in the industry for quite a while. I I started 20 years ago, more or less in, in sales in the on-trade in Rome, back in Italy, where I'm from. Uh, and that's where I basically started to get uh, acquainted with drinks brands. And we were doing some launches of uh, uh, extensions back, back then. We're not called uh, adjacencies or RTDs yet. Um, and, uh, and then I, I traveled quite a lot um, uh, across Europe. So I lived in six different countries and uh, worked in branding agencies first. And, uh, and then I joined SAB Miller um, a decade ago, uh, 12 years ago, to be exact. And, uh, and then I've been working on various different brand, brands, like the, the global brands team uh, with uh, so Peroni Nastrazzurro, Pilsner Urquell, Grolsch, Miller. Uh, then I moved on to Asahi uh, in the transition with the acquisition of ABI. And then I moved into Carlsberg in Copenhagen at the headquarter. And, uh, and since the last three and a half years, I, I work on my own. Uh, so I've set up my own company uh, called Maffeo Drinks. And, uh, and I'm advising mainly spirits brands, um, but also still beer. And uh, mainly for the European markets and, and the US. So that's, uh, let's say, in a nutshell, where I'm coming from and where my <laughs> experience from the, the drinks industry and, the, and particularly the on-trade comes from. Great. Thanks for that, Chris. It's certainly a, an incredible background and experience and, uh, and very many, and many different markets as well, which is always great experience to have. Um, yeah, I came across you, I think it was probably on LinkedIn, first of all, just, um, you know, someone had liked or commented on a piece of advice you'd given out. And I just thought, wow, this guy has to be listened to. And I just actually, one of the things that I really appreciate about your advice is that it's just straight to the point. Here's the reality of things, um, and I think um, I want to I want to kind of build this chat around taking a new a new spirits brand or a challenger brand, and advising them on on the path to follow without giving all your secrets away. Of course, Chris, because <laughs> you are a, you are a business and you've also got your your brilliant newsletter that people can sign up to, and I will definitely let you plug that at the end. But um, so. Let's take it back to basics, and a lot of people that are listening will 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 understand this. But why is the on trade absolutely vital when you're you're starting to build your your brand? Your product is ready, it's in hand, and you need to get it out there. Why is the on trade still key? 
Absolutely. I mean, like this is a, this is a very interesting question because I, I was actually like discussing this with quite a few uh, different leaders uh, last week in Paris. Um, the, the the thing is that the, let's say the on trade has been challenged now during, of course, the, the the pandemic, and a lot of companies have taken a bit of a strange look at it, like because of course, like some companies haven't lost volume. Uh, um, in total, because they kind of like recouped from D2C or off trade. So they're questioning the importance of on trade. And I'm a big, big fan of the on trade because I mean, that's the, that's the main channel where you can get liquid on lips. Um, so th that would be my first answer. So especially if you take a, a, a premium products, I mean, uh, you, you, you're based in Scotland. So, so of course, like that's uh, that's a bit of a given to, to talk about Scotch whiskey. And, and if, if you take a, a bottle that costs, I mean, like 50, 50 pounds to, I don't know, hundred pounds and even more, you want to be sure before spending that money of what you're buying you know and you want to try you want to have a dram first you know before actually buying the full bottle so what is a better arena than than enjoying it in a, in a bar where actually there is an open bottle that you can that you can drink uh and taste so so that is the the main uh, point for me like then so which is a very basic point as as, as you said I'm, I'm quite straightforward on these things uh, then the second one is ov obviously the ambience and the and the experience like you know you you can enjoy the brand in in a natural environment it's like it's a little bit like going to the zoo uh you know like looking <laughs> at the tigers no like it's uh, like this is the perfect arena you know the brands are enjoyed in general in a bar environment where it's a restaurant a bar of course it depends on the occasion on the category but on average that's the perfect arena way to really experience the brand uh, in a real life uh, where the brand positioning comes to life in the best way and and then you can actually start to really understand okay this is what this brand stands for in terms of taste and in terms of let's say, look and feel, uh, brand imagery, and so on. And then I can actually go and buy it in a shop, which is a more transactional situation, and bring it home, and then continue to consume it in a different kind of occasion in a home environment. Yeah, no, it's great, isn't it? I think that, that liquid to lips is always going to be vital. But I, lo I love what you're saying there about the, you know, the experience, the atmosphere, the, the ambience. Um, trying something for the first time in a bar with friends or loved ones um, and that kind of aligned experience can really take it to the next level um, instead of maybe just, I don't know, going online, ordering the bottle to the house and then the first time you, you pour it, it's, it can be very different and it just can reinforce how, how, how amazing that kind of first encounter with any spirit or drink can be when it's done well. And of course the product has to be excellent, <laughs> but then the, the, the activation of that in the on-trade where possible also has a massive factor in that success. Um, so we understand why it's important, but um, I mean, so let, let's say I've started McGrail whiskey. It's a single malt, it's premium of course, um, I've got it in hand and I need to start this distribution in the on-trade. How do I decide what type of venue to approach and how do I go about doing that in an effective way? So, um, 
basically, I mean, like the way the way I see things, and this is based on you know my experience on different countries. Uh, I mean, I I used to think from I come from a branding background, from a branding agency, like back in the days, and and it was always about consumer, no? Like so, you 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 always look at this, uh, you know, consumer target, consumer target persona, however agencies or people call it. I'm a little bit skeptic anymore uh, about using that because for me it, it all goes down to the occasion. So what is the what is the actual occasion that you want to uh, address? So you you start the brand from um, let's say intrinsic and extrinsic. So intrinsics, I mean the liquid, the you know of course in in in, in, in um, you know for a gin it could be botanicals for for a whiskey. Of course, is like the the the, the malt, the grain, and and anything the, that you're using, the the finish in barrels and so on, and then you want to create a, a brand positioning that, in my opinion, needs to be translated into a commercial proposition. So, what does that mean in terms of bars and restaurants? So, I always give the example like if you take. Uh, um, let's say a, a brand, you know, you know, you have all this brand imagery, fantastic, you know, people sipping it on a river, river boat in the Lake Como and so forth. But if I'm a sales guy in a wholesaler, you know, what does that mean for me? You know, like I cannot just go and open Google and search best bars in Milan, best bars in London, best bars in Edinburgh, because that's where everybody wants to go to. So of course they are the best bars in that city, but they may not be the best bars for my brand. So I always, sure. I always try to redirect brand owners to what does your brand mean in terms of target occasion, um, you know, type of bar, type of restaurant. So is it are you are you targeting? I mean, now of course, like whiskey is uh, is more specific, but. It, it could be like a like a pre-dinner kind of occasion, like imagine, imagine like an aperitif or a vermouth and so on. It could be a more of a of an after-dinner kind of occasion. So it could be a bitter, uh, a distillate, so a cognac, a whiskey, and so forth. It could be something that goes with a meal, and and based on that, you have to transform. You, you know, you you have to identify um, the right outlet for. Uh, that particular occasion so that the brand will resonate with them then you know and this is the very basic part then of course like your brand imagery your brand positioning comes to life so is it a more are you you know do you care about sustainability so you may have certain types of bars that are much more inclined to have a product that is focusing on sustainability or are you a more like a kind of like a bling bling kind of brand so then you may go on to certain type of bars that value the appearance over, I don't want to say it's substance, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like, so, so it depends on the kind of like brand world that you have created together with, uh, so which is the extrinsic part, together with the intrinsic part, with, which is basically the taste profile and, uh, and, and the liquid in the, in the bottle. And then basically you really identify, and I always say, try to identify two or three typologies only. And it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't mean that you will not sell elsewhere. So of course you, you're going to scale, but you need to niche down uh, to, a, to a handful of typologies of bars 
so it could be like a whiskey a whiskey bar uh like a, a cocktail bars uh, or it could be, I don't know, like an Italian restaurant and uh, um, a seaside venue, like a waterfront venue. So identify, depending on what your brand looks like, try to identify the couple of typologies that when you talk to a wholesaler sales force, basically you can redirect them and say, these are the three types of bars that I want you to go in Edinburgh. These are the three types of bar I want you to go to in uh, in London, because otherwise, like a lot of people end up basically like quoting the 50 best bars or, you know, like some of the Michelin star restaurant. And that's where, you know, they are on anybody uh, hunting list anyway. So, so it's quite <laughs> challenging to actually, you know, uh, stand out because, you know, you are fighting with basically all the huge brands all the up and coming brands, you know, and that's up, that's an uphill situation. Yeah, no, really, really clear there. Don't, don't think that targeting the big ticket top of the top of the tree bars and venues is going to be the way to go in the early days, because ultimately getting in there is just going to be an extreme uphill battle. It sounds like, which makes perfect sense. Um, so Absolutely. once we, once we have you know identified our our types of bars or venues that we think are right for the brand we've then got to go and approach them so first and foremost who are the people that we need to impress within within a bar let's let's call it a bar to a get their time in the first place and then at least try to push towards an order who are the big decision makers so this is another very interesting conversation because um, let's say the way I see it is that you should you should have been you know you should have created demand before you actually engage them into that kind of conversation and what I mean by this is that um, uh, you, you need you need to like let's let's look at two different parts so one the first part is creating the demand for your brand. And then the second part, which is your question, is capturing the demand for your brand. And if if you haven't done the first one, you cannot really succeed in the latter unless, you, of course, you are lucky or you have some connections. And what I mean by that is that before, like salespeople used to um, create the demand and capture the demand at the same time. So I was a sales guy in, I don't know, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. I would go to your bar and I would basically propose you some some brands and you would rely on me almost because like I would be the one who knows most of stuff because there was no digital, there was no internet, you had very few connections and you only knew people in your neighborhood kind of thing. Nowadays, bar owners and bar managers and bartenders, they are overwhelmed with possibilities so they speak you know they have huge communities whatsapp groups uh you know um, um all sort of social media they have a lot of competition like all the big big brands that are you know making them travel everywhere so everybody really knows already more or less what they want to list in terms of brands in their bar so how do they want to fill their back bar so if you haven't done that step of creating the demand, which happens on social media, I mean, 
podcast, you know, all, all these things that we are basically doing every day, you and I. Um, basically, like, you, you, you risk that you enter a bar and you start talking to somebody that doesn't want to buy. You know, like, you're basically nuisance to that person because it's like, okay, this is Mike and, you know, who is he? And I, I don't want to talk to him because I've never heard about his whiskey. And nobody of my peers have, has mentioned that whiskey and I'm quite into the whiskey community. And if I don't know him, then probably I don't, I don't want to risk buying a bottle from him because he will collect dust on my shelf. So, so, so that, 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 is, that is the risky bit. And of course, it's a, this, is a, this is a long-term game. I mean, it's, uh, it's not easy, um, but this is really needed because that's how, I mean, that's how we met, <laughs> you know, like, you know, we, we, we got in touch on, on, uh, I think it was LinkedIn and, you know, it, it's by bringing our messages out there that we start to engage with each other. And then we end up, you know, knowing each other and, and talking about each other and trusting each other kind of thing. So it's a bit of, um, a long path in, you know, like to really build your brand uh, that happens outside of the bar. And then you go into the bar and engage with the bartender, with, uh, you know, with the bar owner and, and so on. And what I always say is that once that you're doing that step, uh, don't on, only take the um, fancy <laughs> routing, so to say. So don't only ask for the owner, ask for the bar manager, because there's a lot of people you know from from the uh, the, the, the 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 let's say the, let's call it like the lower end of the of, of the bar so from back from the back from the bar back up to the up the chain that actually can drive the decision making pro um, process for you and and it's it's gonna be quite challenging to get the phone number or the email address of the owner because most probably like the owner is never there and there is a bar manager that that pretends is not in charge of decisions and so on. So the, you, you are going to end up in this kind of like bouncing left and right on uh, come back in two weeks, come back in next month and the owner is on holidays and, you know, leave me a sample. I'll talk to them and so forth. So try to really build this availability bottom up once that you have the opportunity um and and take really like this kind of like routes that you know it seems to be very long long term like a very long term game but that's actually the more organic thing you can do in my opinion yeah absolute gold there and and you're you're absolutely right on a day to day basis in in my my role in whiskey um i am consumer facing but I have to start at the top of the marketing funnel, which is the awareness of the brands in the first place, and then push people in towards consideration and preference. And you, you're, you're doing that exactly in this, this scenario, but okay, we can class it as B2B, but ultimately everybody's a consumer. And I think especially in something like the, the on-trade, like you say, you've got this real community around bartenders. And if they're not talking about your brands, when you walk in there, like you say, then yeah, it's going to be really difficult to get in there. Um, and it's almost like the bartender can really become the champion for you, can't they? They they can they can say to their bar manager, "I've been hearing about this brand. They dropped in today. Here's a sample. We should really consider this." And yeah, sometimes people always think 
in any business to business marketing scenario that you've got to go to the top of the tree, but getting their attention is always difficult, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then, and this is the challenge because once that you have your own brand, then you want to rush it, you know, you want to start selling. But the thing is that you like, you know, like you you risk too, like the risk is too high to get the the the, the door on your face. And and imagine like people are now like contacted by random people every day, you know, several times a day. So it's not anymore like it used to be back in the days that one salesperson would step in, you know, once a day. You know, now they're basically always having to find excuses like, now, sorry, the owner is not here. Now the bar manager is not here. You know, I've seen it happen so many times. You know, the owner was pretending to be a, <laughs> you know, a waiter just to just to get rid of somebody, someone <laughs> in the bar. You know, and and that's that's what that's what happens. Like it's that's that's the reality, uh, unfortunately. So so you have to really create this community and really put the foot in the door so that people start to talk about you. And also the other advice I would give and I always give is that, you know, be a consumer. So be a customer before becoming a seller. So enter that bar, have a drink. You know, that that should be the first marketing investment you do in a bar. You know, like don't just go there with a backpack full of bottles and ask for the owner to sell them something. You know, sit at the bar, chill, during off-peak times, obviously, you know, speak to the bartender when, like, he or she is less busy and say, like, okay, oh, like, you know, I'd like to drink something, you know, start, engage them in the conversation, start to get insights from them. Oh, what do you, what do you usually, what do you recommend? What, what do you like? And, and start to get into the conversation with them. And then maybe, maybe not even that day, maybe the next time or at the end of the session, you actually say, "Oh, actually, I have my own whiskey. You know, do you wanna do you wanna taste it, or maybe I can stop by next week for um, for a tasting with you and uh, and your bar manager." You know, and that's a different kind of conversation because you know you bought a drink, you you left the tip, and then it's already like, okay, this guy is is actually uh, you know uh, you know much more <laughs> you know it's not it's not that salesy and it's not that pushy like the previous guys where 